0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition, breaking down everything we saw in Week 10. Today's episode is brought to you by BuildFar. Go to buildbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt Williamson. Uh, It was a fun Sunday of football, Matt. I want to start backwards and work with Sunday Night Football. And it was one of our picks. Uh, You had the Ravens. You liked them big over the Patriots and uh, the Pats in that weather. Uh, That that was a wild game. And the Ravens just could not get anything going.
0: No, they couldn't. And it's kind of a microcosm of my weekend. My i my, my actual betting that I put money on and my own money, my old, my hard earned podcast money did not go well. My fantasy team did not go well. Any predictions this week for me are making me a little angry, including this one. And I'm going to take it out on the Ravens. I mean, <laughs> I think that this was, if I had a lock of the week, this would have been in the conversation. I thought they were going to blow the doors off the Patriots. I thought they'd make them look slow, that the, that the, the, uh, The Ravens would rebound in a big way. Lamar would be sharper. And it got a little better as the game went on. And, yes, I know a lot of people are like, did you watch the weather? But don't you think that weather would hurt the Ravens less than most? It wasn't like it was a slow track all of a sudden. They weren't playing in mud and got slowed down. It still favored their style of game as well as the Patriots. I'll admit that, too. I mean, they very much are a run-first team as much as anyone in the league. And Damien Harris is a really good player, and Burkhead was a big contributor. And I thought Cam played well, and obviously Belichick can't be taken lightly. But Lamar is not the effective playmaker he was a year ago. I don't understand why Dobbins doesn't get 75% of the carries. Ugh. The receivers are not helping uh, Jackson at all. They just don't get open with typical route, you know, um, separations and traditional routes. The O-line has become a liability where it was a strength last year. And obviously the run defense was a problem last night.
1: I only needed four and a half points from J.K. Dobbins to win one of my fantasy leagues. Uh. And my opponent was done. And I thought, well, this is going to be in the bag. And even at the end of the game on that last drive, Dobbins dropped the very last play of the game that would have put me over. I think he only ended ended up with like two and a half points. But yeah, not utilized at all. He's on the field a lot. And... I feel like there's with the way they're built. I feel like there's a lot more potential for running backs to get receptions in yeah. the Ravens' offense, and it tends to be instead of a checkdown, it's all it's all on Lamar Jackson to wait for the pr- play to break down and then run instead of just like okay, let's let's get it out to our guy, let him make the play, and let's let's run an efficient offense and march down the field. And so the the late in the play stuff. Is is amazing and the things that Lamar Jackson can do, but I want to see more efficiency. I want to see the ball come out quicker, and I want to see it, you know, just check it down to your running backs a little bit and and get that momentum going for your passing game and and really just the entire passing game. And you're right, the, the receivers aren't helping him out either and not getting open early in routes. And uh it was definitely a lot sloppier in that weather, too, which made that even worse. And so it just became Lamar running around with the chicken like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to make a play at the end of that game. And um and I think that the Ravens probably would be favored because how they run the ball in bad weather games, except the Patriots might be one of the few teams that this helped maybe even more.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely a factor without question. You know, if they were playing a high a flying pass only team, it probably would have gone differently, but i like your point about the running backs. I even want to take it a step further in that even more than just dumping it off when things don't go wrong. I would like them to make Dobbins a primary receiver from time to time, not McCaffrey and Kamara, but a touch of that. You know, I mean, easy throws on first downs, get to second and four, get a good guy in space with basic route combinations. He doesn't have to split out wide and run slant and goes and, you know, a wide receiver route tree, but get him involved as a receiver, easy completions for Lamar and get a good player in space. And, and also, in the and the Patriots have mastered this over the years. It's an underreported thing about Belichick. The way the teams are rushing Lamar isn't allowing him as much space as he used to have either. You know, yes. it's more Continue. bodies. He's bounce pinballing off bodies back there, and then nothing's the script. And he makes an amazing play and picks up six yards. And it's like, okay, that's great, but it's only six yards.
1: right yeah yeah it looks like uh you know he ran 40 yards to get six yards on a play when you could just dump it off and get those six yards as well in in a lot of cases, so um yeah it's it's the the ravens still we thought maybe they were getting there they still haven't found that that gear that i think they will have at some point this season but it's still not what we saw last year out of the baltimore ravens so uh, still wait and see there for me with that team
0: yeah it's not going they have issues
1: we got to keep it moving. We got a lot of games to get to here. Uh let's finish up some of the picks we made this weekend. And again, we are the model of consistency, Matt. We hit 3 of our 6 games. Uh one that we did hit pretty easily was your pick of the Buccaneers giving up only 5 points against the Panthers winning 46-23. Uh,
0: this game started sort of tight, and I give the Panthers credit. They are a plucky bunch. You know, they try hard. I mean, they play hard and they're going the right direction. But Tampa took this game over in a big way and basically throttled him out. I felt like they could have put sixty on him if they hit. So we're so inclined in that second half.
1: Teddy Bridgewater hurt in that game, and we, uh, we got to see another quarterback in there, which obviously is not a great thing for the Panthers going forward, but um I'm with you. Just you know this was a team that was outmatched. Too much talent on that Buccaneers team, finding ways to get the ball to all of their different receivers. I think adding Antonio Brown to the mix made it a little bit more difficult for things to gel there. But then you can see also what happens when it does gel. And uh, it's going to be a scary group. Ronald Jones, the the backfield is weird in Tampa because you never know who's going to be the one that leads it. And in this one, it was Ronald Jones, the 98-yarder, and he still had 100 yards besides that on his 23 carries. So a big day for Ronald Jones out of the backfield. The the defense still needs a a lot of work, even though they spent all their draft picks on that side of the ball uh, in Carolina. And now it's it's P.J. Walker season for at least a short time. We'll see what the long-term prognosis is for Teddy Bridgewater's injury.
0: Yeah, that's something to monitor. I'd imagine McCaffrey's back soon. But, I mean, Tampa racked up 544 yards of offense in this game and probably could have done a lot more. So there's a lot of work to still be done with Carolina's roster.
1: Eight targets for Antonio Brown, 11 for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, six targets. Is Godwin going to be the big loser with the addition of Antonio Brown?
0: I don't know. Evans sure look good and sure looks healthy and especially near the goal line. I I don't know. I mean, this is one of my many, many fantasy dilemmas. I own Godwin and Brown as well as some other receivers and never play the right ones and don't know what to do. And I'm just, you know, losing my (laughs) marbles a little bit over the whole situation.
1: Uh that can happen. That can definitely happen. Uh going back to our picks. Uh Chargers. The the Dolphins, man, the Dolphins are for real. Well, I mean, look, the Chargers on a team with a lot of wins. Uh the Chargers plus two and a half there. Dolphins won by plenty. 29-21. Tua. I like what I see from Tua. They're not leaning on him completely, but this team is is just playing a, a very winning brand of football top to bottom.
0: Yeah, I mean, they block a punt on the opening drive. Immediately handed off for the plunge and they're often running in very Miami like fashion. Yeah, and it was funny because special teams
1: <laughs> go ahead. One of the reasons you said you wanted to pick the Chargers because like look, Miami can't win every week on a special teams play or a, <laughs> right, or a defensive right. touchdown, and they did it again.
0: And they did it again, and they're extremely well coached, and I think Flores is absolutely right at the top of the line you know tomlin's probably in that conversation i think gruden's in that conversation coach of the year and it really really been impressive um the chargers coaching staff is not in that conversation
1: and we didn't really even play up the biggest angle in this game which was the two rookie quarterbacks five and six overall in the draft justin herbert versus Tua Tagovailoa, and i think they both played pretty well in this game uh, not Herbert's best game, but I think right. his stat line looks worse than than how he played. Uh, I was impressed with both young quarterbacks, even though they didn't light up the scoreboard.
0: Yeah, and I really like how they're bringing Tua along. He has some downs, he has some ups. He's not his highlight reel doesn't look like Herbert's, but he's it's how you bring a young quarterback yeah. along, and they're doing a great job with the whole program. Herbert's been asked to do too much, frankly, and. You know, we'll see. I mean, they're running back situations crazy there, too. And I, I can't wait to see Eckler there. But will they even bring him back at this point? Who knows? Um, Interesting team for the next coach.
1: The Seattle Seahawks. What to make of the Seattle Seahawks right now, Matt? They've lost, what, two of three now? No, three of four now. They lost to the Cardinals, yeah. beat the Niners. Back-to-back games they've lost against the Bills. And... The Rams only put up 16 points here against the Rams, which is their lowest output offensively on the season. I loved what I saw from uh, Jalen Ramsey against DK Metcalf in this game, and it was those Rams coming out on top 23-16. Now there's a three-way tie for first place in the NFC West.
0: Yeah, they're both 6-3. and I think the Rams are very legit. And again, boy, McVay should be in the coach of the year conversation too. I didn't mention him a minute ago getting an awful lot out of this team, um, schematically doing a lot of impressive things. Ramsey, you mentioned, it just basically eliminated Metcalf. I, I didn't feel like they had any fear of Seattle's running game. They're on their what, their fourth running back or something like that. And they're a pass first for, you know team and a big by a wide margin now to begin with. And I'm not making excuses for Russell Wilson, who's as great as ever, but it's starting to fall in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. But He had two more interceptions, which has been a a, a trend for him over the last couple of weeks that has not been the trend through his whole career. But he's getting very little help. I mean, one of the worst defenses in the league, dreadful running game. If Metcalf happens to get taken away by a stud corner, it doesn't leave him anything. I mean, Lockett's great, but you're not going to beat the Rams just by with Wilson and Lockett against the Rams, you know? Well, and he was sacked six times, by the
1: way. Right, yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's a rarity for him because he's so good at escaping and making big plays late in the down. Um, but the last time Metcalf was taken away, when they put somebody over the top and had Patrick Peterson on him, Tyler Lockett went for 15 catches and 200 yards against the Cardinals. Yeah, but they still lost that game too. But in this game, they didn't have the huge output elsewhere when DK Metcalf wasn't making big plays. So very interesting there. And I think that's what we're going to see with teams is, you know, not everybody has a Jalen Ramsey or a Patrick Peterson, but you can put a guy on Metcalf, try to press him and slow him down as much as you can and bother him and have somebody else over the top and try to take that away. That's probably the first thing I would do right now. If I'm a defensive coordinator, by the way, you mentioned McVay. I want to shout out Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for the Rams who I don't know if McVay will win coach of the year, but I think assistant coach of the year right now, my vote is for Brandon Staley.
0: I certainly rise, raised an eyebrow when they moved on from Phillips, who's yes. one of the best, you know, defensive coaches in history, really. But it seemed like the right move. I'm sure some new blood in there has you know, got to ears a little differently. They're playing a lot of unique defenses. I know he'll never win it, and he's not even the best defensive player on his team. But Jalen Ramsey is a defensive player of the year type of performance and talent to me as well. Um, you have the Seahawks at 16 points. I mean, I'm not sure what else you need to
1: know. Uh, more on the MVP conversation because you bring up an interesting point about Russell Wilson. And we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in the Stock Up, Stock Down on Wednesday show okay. or maybe some questions about it on Tuesday. By the way, hit me at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL for tomorrow's two-minute warning show where we use your questions covering every division in the NFL. Uh, we're going to cover the rest of the divisions in the NFL from Sunday's games coming up right now on Peacock and Williamson. I was 2-3 on my picks, Matt, Sunday, and uh, my loss was that Seahawks game. Bills barely covered over the Cardinals. The play of the weekend, though, I got two and a half on the Bills, which is why uh, a 32-30 win by Arizona still got me that half-point victory. Just, <laughs> I did it, just yeah. barely. I thought, I thought for sure I lost it. I was like, I can't remember how many points I had. It's like, okay, two and a half. That's a big win for me. But, man, we've got to talk about the, the Hale-Murray, as they're calling it, The First of all, the escapability from from Murray to be able to get away from that sack, keep the play alive, running away from his arm side of the field and throwing a 50-yard bomb in a perfect place for DeAndre Hopkins, who's got the strongest hands in the NFL, to go up and pluck that down from three defenders, an amazing play, an amazing ending there for the Cardinals to knock off the Bills.
0: Yeah, amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. We mentioned MVP talk last segment. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen was in that conversation early in the year. I think Kyler's name is going to start to get mentioned. I mean, there's exceeding expectations, and a lot of it's on him and Hopkins. I felt like this game was, you know, if they play it 10 times, it's going to be 5-5. they play it 100 times, it'll be 50-50. Just back and forth, there were times where neither one of them played particularly well. But we mentioned DK Metcalf in the last segment, too him chasing down the the interception the pick six like a week or two ago to me was the play of the week until this one you know like this is the most memorable play of the whole season not to play of the week this play of the year and it was a what's even lost is it was pretty magnificent allen to digs on what looked like the game winner yes. 30 seconds before this happened and no one even remembers that
1: I had to go back and watch the end of that game because I was watching the wrong game because Twitter was going crazy. I was like, oh, man, I got to watch this garbage 49ers Saints ending right now (laughs) uh, and take notes on that because I covered the 49ers. Um, I wanted to see the end of of that game because people were going nuts because, yeah, the Bills had that thing won. And then in miraculous faction, the Cardinals come back to win it. A couple of really good teams. I've even seen some people say, hey, maybe even this is a dark horse Super Bowl matchup. With the Bills and the Cardinals, I wouldn't go that far, but I like what I see from both of these teams. And I think it's pretty clear with both of these teams that they're going to be in it in the end, whether or not they're able to take down the big dogs in January, we'll see. But yeah, the Cardinals is that third team that's tied for first now in the NFC West.
0: Yeah. And I'd be shocked if all three don't end up in the postseason. Cardinals have some very impressive momentum. Murray is doing more than just running around like a chicken cut off, and Kingsbury's doing a great job, and this defense isn't bad. Yeah, the D. I'm not willing to say this is a dark core Super Bowl matchup. I mean, the Chiefs and some of these incumbents are pretty darn strong, but I, I will say both these teams are in my top nine in my power rankings that is put out. That's the highest Arizona's been for sure.
1: Oof. Okay. A couple of top 10 teams. So uh, I guess they're not that dark horse of of potential teams yeah. to be playing in February. Coming uh, around. The last game here was Saints minus nine and a half over the 49ers. I took the Saints here. It was a win for me because the 49ers right now are just so undermanned. They can't beat good teams and they're, and they're getting blown out by good teams. They can win a game against some bad teams with all these injuries, but uh, and they had the perfect game script to beat the Saints in this game. They were up 10 nothing early, a long first drive playing keep away from Drew Brees and the Saints offense, but then just mistake after mistake. So when you're undermanned and the other team is better than you, you can't make mistakes on top of that. And even with the perfect game script to start, they only scored three more points the rest of the game. And it was uh, an easy win for the Saints by the end,
0: 27-13. See if this is a correlation you kind of see with this team right now. Like, Sometimes you watch college basketball and Duke or Kansas or NC or some awesome team that has five stars everywhere really get down in the first half to uh, a much lesser program that's really well coached. And this is their Super Bowl, but you just can't play 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Like we just don't have the talent to stick around. Like I always use the analogy like if LeBron and I had a three point shooting contest and it was the first one to hit three. I might win it one in a hundred times. If it's the first one to hit 300, I'll never, ever, ever win in a hundred years. You know what I mean? Like just the talent eventually comes to the surface as the game goes on.
1: No, that's, that's perfect. It's like North Carolina versus North Carolina, AT. and maybe a and does have yes. that one pro prospect on their roster and they go up early, but they're just undermanned down the stretch. Great game plan and, 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 yeah. And the yeah. powerhouse team comes through and, and wins it. And that's kind of what happened here. And even with breeze going out, I mean, it couldn't have gone better for the 49ers to have James Winston in there at quarterback and Taysom Hill. And by the way, I don't know how long Breeze is going to be out with that rib injury. Um, and yeah, I think maybe there's some potential for Winston to, to win some games and make some big throws, although he did try to throw it to the other team despite his LASIK eye surgery. I was wondering how much <laughs> that LASIK was going to make a difference for James Winston, but he he threw one between uh, the numbers of Jimmy Ward, he cannot make the interception, but Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Like, I don't know no, why they're trying, trying to great. force that upon us, that he's going to be some full-time quarterback. And I think it's telling that when Breeze went out, it wasn't Taysom Hill at quarterback. It was Taysom Hill doing a little bit more gadget stuff, but it was the the other true quarterback on the roster is James Winston. I think that's clear.
0: Part of me really hopes, and this sounds mean, but that Breeze misses a couple games because I would love to see Winston do his Bridgewater impersonation from last year. And they couldn't be any more different stylistically. But I've always kind of been a Winston believer and thought he's got a little, little bit of the short end of the stick. I would love to see him for a few games as a true quarterback starter on a good team like this. And get Taysom Hill out of the way. You're 100% right. I mean, yeah. oh, he's Steve Young. He's not like close to Steve Young. I mean, like it's, <laughs> it's laughable. I mean, I said this last week that during the Saints game they announced – Taysom Hill misses quarterback meetings for the first portion of them, so he can be in special teams meetings. I'm like he's not a quarterback. Yeah, well, that's not or he wouldn't be team. in special teams meetings over quarterback <laughs> meetings. Last note on this one, and we got to move on. I know, but your your Niners held them to 237 yards and only 4.2 yards per play, which is really really good. But it's also another reason why Alvin Kamara should be in that. Offensive Player of the Year conversation. And not it should be a non-quarterback award. But it isn't always, but Kamara right. bailed him out with a couple of key plays here and there too. He's yeah, the, not-
1: he flipped the field on a big uh, screen pass, and he did get. Even though the the running game overall the numbers didn't look good, he did have uh, a couple of touchdown runs, and he's just so smooth and he finds what he needs to find when he needs to find it uh, for that first down or that big play or that touchdown. It's pretty awesome to yeah. watch Alvin Kamara run and, and how smooth he is and his vision. And it's pretty amazing. And yeah, the Saints are a really good team. I think they're going to be okay if Drew Brees misses sometime, but it's not the same team without. I think the, the thing that was clear is all of a sudden they can't pass protect when the other quarterbacks are in there because they're holding the ball longer than Drew Brees does.
0: It's such an underrated portion of quarterback play. And I say it all the time that pass or, you know, pass protection is really 50% blocking and 50% yes. quarterback.
1: By the way, though, I don't know if it's because the black uniforms were slimming, but James Winston looks like he might be in better shape. I don't know. Eh,
0: they were wearing the all he black. I lighter probably. on his feet with his drops, too. Kind of like he's been hanging around Breeze and Peyton and working on that. Too. Yeah,
1: okay. That's possible. Yeah, he was working on some. I want to uh, see more of them. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Let's see what Winston can do. And he might make himself a little money and, and be uh, somebody who's at least in the Saints plans or maybe in somebody else's plans. We got a lot more games to get to. Let's keep this rolling coming up. We'll finish up everything that happens Sunday. Talk a little Monday Night Football on Peacock and Williamson. You want a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? Well, Build Bar is for you. They are delicious, dipped in 100%, wonderful chocolate, and there's so many different times that is great for Build Bar, before or after workouts. High protein, high fiber, low in sugar, low in calories, or for a long drive. That's the latest way I've utilized a Build Bar. Throw a Built Bar in your car. You don't have to stop for some fast food joint, knock out a thousand calories. Grab yourself a Built Bar instead. It's so great for the health conscious folks out there. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And Built Bars are low in calorie. Bilt Bars are low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. Even great for a keto diet. A ton of flavors. The 12 original flavors, six brand new flavors. The new cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. My favorite, even more protein in the peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, and only 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off at builtbar.com. Another bad weather game, the Browns in this one with high winds. And man, it looked miserable for a few fans that were in the seats there in Cleveland. Uh, 10-7, the Browns beat the Texans, but that number was three and a half. So those folks who bet on the Texans, even though they only scored seven points, did cover that number.
0: Yeah, I was one of those. And um, there's a lot of bad weather games. We talked on Sunday Nighter. This one actually got delayed, but it also played into a returning Chubb as well as Hunt's hands. Both those guys went for over 100 yards. Mayfield only had to throw for 132. Miles Garrett was a stud. That's just the brown script. You know, like, if, if I told you those things before, I don't care who they're playing. They're going to be in it or win it. And, again, I don't want to kill teams too much like I did Baltimore because of the weather, but Houston's just a bad team. I kind of used to excuse them away as they're the best bad team. No, they're bad. I mean, it's all Deshaun Watson and like nothing else.
1: Right. And in a game like this, Watson now throwing for 163 yards, you've got no chance uh, right. unless you keep the Browns to a field goal and you know all it took was one long Nick Chubb run and and he looked good coming back in his first action. Yes. You know what's crazy? And I don't have the stats in front of me anymore, but I saw the numbers. Kareem Hunt has better numbers when Nick Chubb is there than when Nick Chubb was out. Yeah. Isn't that Very strange? True. And they both had exactly 19 carries. Chubb went for 126 in the the long touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 104 yards, both over five and a half yards per carry. Um, That's a crazy one-two tandem. And, yeah, built for that sort of weather in that game for the Browns.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's built for that town and that quarterback, which is smart.
1: Let's go to Detroit, where the Lions held on, despite a a late surge, 17 fourth-quarter points from Washington to win this one, 30. 27. Washington now two and seven. The Lions four and five.
0: I think we need to talk about that quarter running back too. DeAndre Swift is stepping up. Patricia's finally trusting him, feeding him, whatever you want to say. He is an impact guy in both the run and pass game. Exactly what the Lions, I imagine, envisioned when they drafted him. But in typical Lions fashion, they almost gave this one away. And I will say Washington's like a real team now, you know, with Alex Smith. I mean, he throws for 390 yards, McLaren, McLaurin's a stud. They have a defensive line. They're not going anywhere, but they're a, a real team now. They're not allowed.
1: They're, no, I like the way you put that. They're a real football team. They're, you know, they're yeah, not a yeah. good one, but they're a, a, a normal football team that can play games in a normal fashion right now in Washington. <laughs> Don't I get laughed at, Yeah, yeah. A couple touchdowns from Antonio Gibson there. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I think, was a big story. I think Matthew Stafford, the way he's used in, in no Galladay there, just spread the ball around efficient. He's looking like Drew Brees out there in this game with the way they were utilizing him. And he hit, what, like 12 different receivers. It wasn't big play after big play. Uh, Marvin Jones got most of the targets, but uh, targeting the the running backs out of the backfield too. with DeAndre Swift going for five catches and 68 and a touchdown through the air. So, um, yeah, I like seeing that efficiency from the offense in Detroit
0: i agree and i give washington credit they held the ball a long time they came back they are playing hard but the lions are the more talented team got the win um they're still in it you know it's slightly they're four and five and there's a lot of teams in the nfc i think are better than them but big win
1: and by the way this was like they had to lean on alex smith comeback player of the year we're yeah. talking about here he had to throw the ball 55 times to try to bring him back and ended up with 390 passing yards. Uh, did not have a passing touchdown, though, which is maybe why they fell a, a little bit short there because they, they still weren't able to put up enough big plays uh, to come all the way back. But uh, Alex Smith, pretty amazing story. And um, and, he's, uh, and again, him having a few games under his belt now, I think adds to what we're looking at with a normal a normal team. He's not, he, you know, the first game out, he was just checking it down. It's like, let's hopefully this guy doesn't get hurt again. Like, you know, it was like you were, they were you tiptoeing copy. around on offense and now I think they can realize, okay, we, we can just play normal football.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, and he's—he's he's a professional quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I think Haskins maybe got the short end of the stick, but he was not a professional quarterback. I'm not sure Allen was. That's what I mean by saying they're a real team now. Yeah. You know, they're—you
1: know—who's a real team? The Jacksonville Jaguars gave the Packers a little bit of a run, not enough, but the Packers did come out on top here, twenty-four twenty. The Pack. First place in the North, 7-2 record, Jags now 1-8. and Jags have kept it close the last couple of weeks, even though we've talked about how they are maybe the second-worst team in the league.
0: Yeah, and this is a real scare for the Packers. Uh, it kind of remind me of the Steelers almost losing to Dallas, like a really good team that's you know massive favorite, didn't play their best. Uh, I didn't think Rodgers was spectacular. Both these offenses averaged very, very few yards per play, They hit a big play to Valdez-Scantling. That might have been the difference, which is amazing. Um, But I don't know what takeaways from this game to really hang my hat on. I mean, I watched Luton now for two games in a row, and in a way, he passes the eyeball test, and he's not bashful with the ball, but he doesn't handle pressure very well. And Mm -hmm. in the end, the results aren't anything to write home about. Um, DJ Chark makes me crazy for fantasy and real life because he's open a lot and nobody gets in the football, but they throw it his way. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I still think Jacksonville's awfully bad.
1: And speaking of the MVP award, like the, it was a very un Aaron Rodgers like interception that he threw in this game i think rogers and wilson might be leaving the door open a little bit and and i think that's getting tighter with rogers and wilson at the top and then some other quarterbacks coming in so i think that'll be a fun conversation later in the week and and reshuffle the deck here as far as mvp candidates go because it was looking like a runaway early in the season i think it got a lot closer and there's a lot more names involved now with that award but Packers did handle business and picked up the win we've got an nfc east matchup for Man, the top of that division right now. Don't look. Don't look now. But the Giants have three wins. They are at 3-7, and seven, just a half game back of those Eagles who they beat 27-17. Eagles now 3-5-1. and one.
0: I need to watch this more, but I keep giving the Eagles and Wentz and this organization the benefit of the doubt, and they let me down at every turn. And every time I think, oh, they're coming out of the bye, and they're healthy, and they have a you know, nice schedule set up, and they should run away with this crap division. They just don't uh, and – I'm mad at them now. They're in my doghouse. I talked about how the Texans I thought were a good, bad team. I think the Phillies is just a bad team too. But that takes away something from the Giants. That Giants' D line causes problems. Bradbury causes problems. They're smarting up. They're, they're getting smart now and using Daniel Jones on designed runs, and it's been highly effective. And he hasn't turned the ball over of late. So uh, let's give New York a little bit of kudos too.
1: Earlier in a mailbag, Matt, a listener asked us if 5-11 and 11 would win the NFC East, and wow. we thought it was funny, and we laughed it off, and that that, that tweet is less funny now, and it's like, yeah, it maybe 5-11 and 11 would, you know, or actually maybe 5-10-1 might win that division.
0: That does sound funny, but if these teams never win outside the division, which rarely happens, and they all basically split within the division and cannibalize one another or you know, just beat up on Dallas and, you know, go three and three, four and two in the division you know, the top three teams. Maybe. I mean, I, I think that's a little low, but can any of these teams get the seven wins?
1: It would be difficult. They would have to go on a hell yeah, of have. a run. Any of those teams to get even close to 500. Yeah, that's it's pretty yeah. amazing. I, I can't remember a time like this. I think there was uh, there was one division winner who was seven and nine. When was that? Like,
0: Seattle wanted, I think, one year. Yeah. And New Orleans went there, and Lynch had one of his beast mode runs, and I think they won at home.
1: Right. Okay, yeah, that was the season. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, this is going to be, like, six wins. Over, under, for sure, six. Like, at the highest, I think, right now. I would be
0: comfortable. Yeah, maybe six and a half with that tie.
1: right. Uh, we've got the Raiders who beat down the Broncos 37 to 12. There's a lot of bad teams in the NFL right now. Like half the league has only three wins. It's, it's really wild. This is very turning into a very have and have not type of season for teams in the NFL. The Raiders six and three Broncos three and six. And we saw bad drew lock again. And just when you think there's a little glimmer of hope, he has a bad game. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if we can expect a lot from drew lock. I just, I don't like the, the trend that I'm seeing. You can't be that volatile at quarterback.
0: No, I mean, four picks, put the ball in harm's way a lot. Aggressive, but very Winston-like in that way, and I don't mean that as any kind of compliment. I thought Josh Jacobs was the star of the show, as was Vegas's offensive line, which is playing a lot of um, backups and replacement guys, but they controlled the, the flow. I think Gruden's doing a really, really good job with the Raiders. I'm starting to buy into them as a pretty darn good team, even though their defense is far from convincing to me, but there's a lot wrong with Denver right now. Uh, I mean, uh, I think coaching needs to be assessed. Quarterback needs to be assessed. GM needs to be assessed. Mm. It's not good right
1: now. Well, you can't allow John Elway to pick another quarterback. If, if Lock turns out to be a huge miss, right?
0: Can't. You know, right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I and. Mean, I I, I feel like they should almost gut the thing, but there are some nice picks he's made, but not at the quarterback position. I love the receivers and guys he surrounded him with, but man, I mean, it it almost seems like we're being too hard on Locke. He's a second round pick. Yeah, he's not the second pick in the draft. You know, no one was doing you know losing their mind to get trade up to get this guy. But why so much faith in him? Why not? Why isn't Winston his backup right now? Or you know what I mean?
1: Right. No, that that's a good point. Why wasn't somebody? that could give him a better challenge and push him a little bit more Broadly, yeah. in. It was like this is Drew Lock's show. As a second round guy and he's still young and still hasn't played a lot. So you don't want to bury him yet. There's still plenty of time. But man, uh, just when you think maybe he's he's making progress, then there'll be a game where you're like, yeah, you know what, I don't think he's the guy. And so that that's the way I'm leaning right now. Looking at yeah. looking yeah. at Drew Lock. They've had a lot of injuries in Denver, so tough year, hard to evaluate that when you lose some of your best players like they have. But yeah, you gotta you gotta figure out quarterback and that's a key for a lot of these teams that are we're going to be drafting high in the 2021 draft.
0: I don't see this as a buying opportunity to buy low on Drew Locke's stock. Yeah,
1: I'm not seeing that quite yet either. I agree with yeah. you there. Uh, the last one we haven't talked about here from Sunday was <laughs> the Steelers beating down the Bengals, staying unbeaten at 9-0, 36-10, and kind of just went how we thought. It was just, you know, you're going to harass a young quarterback, and uh, it's just a better football team right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly on board with this, but some of my brethren around here are starting to throw Ben's name in that MVP conversation for later in the week. Played really well. Um, They dominated this game. We don't have to spend much time here. This was very not competitive. Two notes that might not stand out to those that didn't watch every snap like I did. The Steelers' defense had zero respect for Cincinnati's ground game, especially with Mixon out there. They were in nickel. They were in dime. They were in seven defensive backs all day long, all game long, and said, "If you want to run, fine. We we still will track you down, and we're just gonna, you know, take away the pass." And Burrow had a rough day. Extremely windy here. If People didn't realize that on TV. It was extremely windy, um, and the Steelers' run game is non-existent. By the way, I mean they are undefeated. Ben's playing really well. Defense is really good, but they don't run the ball for crap.
1: And that could be a problem because they're going to yes. need to at some point. Like At some point, they're going to need to control the, the clock and want to protect a lead or something like that. So it's just something to monitor. I, my big takeaway from this game was after the game, I love T.J. Watt's quote about playing Joe Burrow and the rookie quarterback. He said, I think it's very important to welcome quarterbacks in the AFC North in an appropriate way. We know what Joe Burrow is. They got their franchise quarterback, and we're just trying to let him know what he can expect when he comes to Pittsburgh. So I thought that was a great quote from T.J. Watt.
0: That's um, resonated through the whole organization. I'll just put it that way. They, they make a, a statement with the Bakers and even Lamar and certainly Burrows, the mm-hmm. the Heisman winners that come in the division. The young pups they like to uh, send a message. Is there?
1: I, I feel like there's more of that in this division, maybe than any division in the NFL where it's like we have to beat these teams more than anybody else.
0: Cause it's been like that forever. Yeah. I mean, the Ohio teams have been so far behind the Steelers and the Ravens, but especially the Steelers. I mean, my whole lifetime.
1: Monday Night Football, who you got here? We've got the Vikings at the Bears. Minnesota on the road is actually favored by three, even though they are the three and five team traveling to the five and four Chicago Bears.
0: Yeah, I'm mushed right now. Trust me. I mean, I don't know that anyone should be following my coattails for bets, but I can't believe that this line is as heavy as it is. I don't know if we'll get weather or not. But Cousins on Monday night, hmm, that never goes well. I just think the Bears can keep Cook somewhat under wraps. I don't think he goes for 200, is my point there. And it's a good defense. And little note I mean, the Bears, since we've seen them last, have switched play callers to Bill Lazer. And there's nowhere to go but up. So I think they keep it close. I think the, the Vikes win this game. But a home dog by three and a half with that kind of defense, and what I think should be a close game. I feel pretty good about the the Bears and points.
1: Yeah, and I do want to lean to the Bears side because of that as well. But the Bears have dropped three in a row, and the Vikings are definitely the hot team of the two here, uh, having won two in a row. So I can see why people might be a little bit more bullish about Dalvin Cook, you know, being healthy and uh, and that Minnesota Vikings team, but. And it's not. I mean, for Chicago November night game, I think it's only going to be forty degrees or something like that. So I don't
0: think it's gonna be as nasty as yeah. some of the games we saw.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not going to be super nasty. Maybe some clouds, but uh, not a bad weather game either. So I don't know if that helps the Bears a ton. But I'm gonna lean Bears. I think the Bears can lose by no more than a field goal. So yeah, I'll yeah, get Chicago I here. Think it's Even though 2017, and you know, maybe it might be completely overrating what happened early in the season and then the Vikings are just flat out better right now because they've figured some things out and the bears have come back to earth. So that's probably why the line is the way it is.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's the perception. I just think it's a little strong in Chicago. And I think that's true. I think the Vikes are the better team. Much, but playing much better for sure.
1: We'll break down that Monday night football game tomorrow and we will field your questions in our two minute warning. At least two minutes. We usually go over on every division in the NFL Featuring your questions. Hit me at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL, and we'll talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.